Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and has called all believers to a higher standard of Christian living. If you'd like to learn and grow while understanding biblical teaching, then you're in the right place. Here is our shepherd, Pastor R.L. White Sr. We're in the Gospel according to St. John. Please find the 16th chapter. This is part 20 of Connected. Pastor encourages you when you come to Emmanuel Church, bring your Bible with you. And I encourage everyone to take a few notes to see what the Lord has to say to the church on today. God is always speaking, Sister Kelly. The issue is, are we listening? Or you could say it like this, am I on the right frequency? Every person on the planet has the power and the ability to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. And God is so good, he's so very kind to the entire planet, he's still giving you an opportunity to accept his son today. Somebody say today. People often say to me, Pastor White, I want to accept Christ as Savior, but I've done too much wrong in my life. Join the club. Don't sit here like you've always been an angel. Look at your neighbor. Look at him. Say, Pastor's talking to you. (laughs) I ain't never did stop. Don't tell that lie. Lightning. But thank God for forgiveness. Whatever you've done in your past, God has forgiven you. Repent. Repentance means to turn away from it. Don't go back to doing it every other day. Say amen. Amen. Please write it down. I know many of you already have it. I am an influencer. And we know, Reverend Perkins, we influence people not only by what we say, but we influence people by how we act. Amen. I can't tell you I love God, I love God, I love God, and I hate my neighbor. Say amen, church. Before we go out and influence the world, say it loud for me, man, your family. We must first of all start where? At home. There are people in our own houses. There are friends, family, associates who need to hear about Jesus. And your encounters. How many of you went somewhere this past week? Some of y'all didn't step out your house at all. Wow, you didn't even step out on the porch to get your mail, check the dog, see the squirrels. If you step, how many of you saw, put your hand down, how many of you saw somebody this week, talk to somebody this week? Please remember, none of your encounters are by chance. God allowed every encounter to take place because he'd given us an opportunity to allow our lights to shine for him. So don't take your encounters lightly. God chose you. Write it down. Make it personal. God chose me to be a light. Each week you come to church, each week you tune into this broadcast, you are listening and learning more about God's Word. And I love saying this. Take my glasses off. The most important words you hear all week. 
not from your doctor. I don't get in trouble. Um, not from Mayor Q. Not from the NFL draft. I know it's important to some of y'all, but that's not the most important. Not from, well, okay, I guess I'll say his name, Governor Parson. Not from President Biden. Not from your physician or your lawyer. The most important words you'll hear all week are from Jesus. And Jesus has something he's trying to say to the body today. Each week you're learning more about God and you're hearing less thunder and less noise. If you're hearing thunder and noise, you can't hear God clearly speak to you. That was the issue in the old covenant and a little bit of the issue in the new covenant is that people had so many things in their lives, they had no room to hear God's voice. But since we know better today, raise your hand, say, I am connected. And since we are connected to the kingdom, come on, keep them up, connected to the vine, we know there's love, there's nutrients, there's peace, there's joy, there's happiness, there's patience. All of this comes to me because I am connected to the kingdom. Preach it, listen. You cannot allow your old nature to take place once you know the truth. Don't go back to living how you used to live. Lying, cheating, stealing, gossiping, wayward, adultery. Don't go back to living how you used to live because God has set you free. Say amen. Jesus warns us throughout the New Testament that all of this we see taking place today 2,000 years later they're not by chance, there are no coincidences. Everything taking place is preordained. When you're connected to the kingdom of God, God brings forth favor. And I love my members calling me, telling me, say, Pastor, leaving me messages, saying, Pastor, I can't, you can't, I can't tell you that it was nobody but God. I remember sitting here right now and said, Pastor, I worked somewhere 22 years and God uprooted me and placed me somewhere else in another job and now I'm so happy and joyful. Don't say what God can't do. When God gets ready to move you, favor comes in that you cannot explain. Jesus was having such an incredible night with his disciples and during this entire discourse, he was commun communicating with them about future events. I love saying this. I hope you already wrote it down. Let's say it out loud. God is amazing. God Come on, stop right now. Come on and smile under that mask. Come on. God is amazing. God is Jesus, is amazing. Jesus is amazing. Now, how many of you have already said it last week? See, I'm practicing. Start practicing. God is amazing. Get used to saying it. What you gonna say when you get to heaven? God, you are amazing. Jesus, you are amazing. The Holy Spirit, where you at, Brenda? He is what? He is amazing. Say amen, church. Hallelujah. The word of God is amazing. In today's lesson, we're going to be taking a look at verses 25 through 27. And these two verses contain significant 
theological implications that were spoken 2,000 years ago that are very relevant for the world today. This new spiritual awakening that the body of Christ is experiencing all over the world, it is not by chance God designed it for this particular time in human history. This new birth, this new journey, we are blessed to be living in the time period that we're in. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, what you're experiencing in your home, in your car, wherever you go, this calmness and this peace has come up on the body of Christ. I'm hearing people tell me all the time, Pastor, this happened to me, that happened to me, this happened, that happened, and for whatever reason, I'm so calm, I'm so peaceable, I'm not completely losing my cool. That's because the Holy Spirit, where does he live? Lives inside of me. He helps me with self Control. Now, please look at Pastor. When you see someone angry, when you see someone acting out of character, they're showing that they don't have any self-control. Self-control kicks in when you say, Lord, help me push my flesh down, Holy Spirit. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to be in that particular mood. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be crude. Holy Spirit, help me to represent the kingdom. And you cannot effectively represent the kingdom representing yourself. I'm not here to represent R.L. White. I'm here to represent, to represent Jesus. I'm an ambassador. This world is really not my home. I'm a citizen of heaven. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. But God says my word shall never pass away. It is his word that gives us life. It is his word that makes all the difference. When everything else is going haywire in your life, remember you can always pick up your Bible. That's where your strength is. That's where your hope is. That is your roadmap for success. Get that Bible. Tap it with somebody. Say, I love the word. Self-control. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. That's what the body of Christ needs to learn today. Just because you used to fly off the handle last year, don't fly off the handle today. Please write it down. I have self-control. Even if you haven't been experiencing it, write it down so your eyeballs can see it. So when they push your buttons, the Holy Spirit can remind you, I have self-control. Because trust me, the devil will try to push every button he can. But he's a what? Right on. He's a liar. Jesus is telling his disciples here in our text about future events. His death upon the cross, his burial, his resurrection that took place 2,000 years ago. We're seeing the effects of it today. I know you wrote it down just in case you haven't. For all my visitors, please write it down. I am living in the future. 
Remind yourself, I talked about this the last few weeks. Remind yourself, I'm not going to react out of fear. And I love him. I remember saying, Pastor, I'm not reacting out of fear anymore. Stop reacting out of fear. Acknowledge God and keep on living. People going to talk. Some of y'all quiet. People going to lie because some of y'all been lying and gossiping. People going to say, oh, if they talked about Jesus. And bad enough, they talked about him, but they even picked up stones to kill him. That's bad enough. But what do they really end up doing? In the end, they end up crucifying him. If they did all this to Jesus, they would like to do the same to you and I, but they can't harm us because we're on a mission from God. Please understand and learn this. You hear pastor talk about this and you're hearing other churches talk about it, how demonic forces are raising up their heads. Please remember, demons, please write this down, demons have power. We can't deny that. They have power because they're supernatural beings. But please write this down. Demons do not emphasize that. Do not. Sister Trina, you already got it. Demons do not have power over. You got to say it for yourself. Write it down so you don't walk out here and forget it. Demons do not have power over me. It's impossible for a demon to have power over you if you have the Holy Spirit living and not visiting. You know how it is when you just visit, you just come and go. But when you're a resident, you sit back and chill. You have the Holy Spirit. So no matter what a demon says to you, what's not going to happen, how you're going to lose this, how you're not going to do that, demonic forces, they have power, but you do not have power over me because greater and it's time for the body of Christ to realize that. Stop just saying, greater is he is in me. No, really understand what you're saying. I have resurrection power inside of me. I have a piece of heaven inside of me. Why do you think you came to church today? The devil didn't tell you to come to church. But your spirit is connected to God. You have heaven. <sighs> Pastor, I ain't never heard that before. The church needs to realize you have heaven inside of you. Greater. There is no force in the universe greater. Somebody say amen. I don't care if all the demons teamed up and got on one team against you. It doesn't matter if the whole world's against you. Greater. Doesn't matter what they say on your job, your J-O-B. Greater is he that lives in me. I hope you wrote this down. I'm taking my time. I'm not rushing today. If you got to leave, bye. I hope you wrote this down last week. I have a new relationship with God. I have a new relationship with God. Stop flying off the handle if you truly have a new 
relationship. Stop saying, I don't know what I'm going to do if you have a new. Stop living your life in fear, in worry, in stress if you have a new relationship with God. Stop writing. Look at me so you don't miss this. When God gives you a new relationship with him, that also means he's going to give you a new relationship with your brother and sister. You won't view them as the person that hurt you. When you look at them, you won't see that pain that they caused you. Because you have a new relationship with God, you learn how to look at that person with your spiritual eyes and not your physical eyes. Come on and clap your hands if you understand what pastor's saying. A new relationship with God produces a new relationship with others. God is going to bring new people into your life to help promote you and not those who put you down. Some people, oh, okay, Holy Spirit. Some people are dream builders and some people are dream killers. A dream killer is somebody that says to you, oh, no, that idea will never work. Baby, you's a dream killer. I don't need to be hanging around you. But a dream builder is someone that God will bring into your life to say, yes, walk by faith. Doesn't matter what the economy says, I walk by faith. Doesn't matter what I see on social media, I walk by faith. I'm a faith walker. See, some of y'all part-time faith walkers. I don't have time to do nothing part-time. I'm sold out. Oh, I got three people. I said, I'm sold out. He's been too good to me. He, he's done so many marvelous things for me. I can't help myself but say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I bless you. You watched over me. You kept my family safe. Thank you, Lord. Can you look at your neighbor and say, he's been good to me? Because some of y'all look like, I don't know if he has or hasn't. You got breath in your lungs. You have the activities of your limbs. God has been good. Hallelujah. Let's roll. Chapter 16. Please find verse 25. Pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. Jesus said, I have told you these things, this is good, wow, in parables, in veiled language, in allegories. I've told you these things in dark sayings. The hour is now coming when I shall no longer speak to you in figures of speech. This is powerful. But I shall tell you about the Father in plain words and openly without reserve. Jesus telling his disciples what seems to be hard to understand will become abundantly clear if you just hang in there and wait just a minute. Why are we so impatient? We don't want to wait for anything. Don't say amen. 
We need to be patient and wait. And Jesus is telling these disciples, if you just wait, I'll make everything crystal clear. Because we found out a few weeks ago, God doesn't show us or tell us everything because we can't handle it. But he gives us peace by piece by piece. And then when we look back at the big picture, it all makes sense. Say amen. It took three and a half years for Jesus to speak plain to them to where they could understand. Three and a half years. If they could have handled it year one, Jesus would have told them year one. If you're wondering why did God choose this time to open up all of our minds at once, because he said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit among all flesh and we're seeing it take place today say amen. amen look at that verse Jesus acknowledges to his disciples that he had been speaking to them look at it in metaphors and in parables and the reason he was doing this was to teach them spiritual truths here in this verse Jesus implies that the father is the central focus of all of his teachings and he wanted his disciples to understand the nature and the character of his father Jesus wanted his followers to think deeply and reflectively he wanted them to have understanding please write this down God wants me to have understanding I don't want to be in the dark I don't want to be unknowledgeable of his word. God wants me to have understanding. And we can't have understanding if we only meet with God, speak to God, hang out with God only in an emergency. Say amen. Raise your hand. I've been guilty of it. We can't just call when we need something. Sometimes it's good to call just to say, Lord, I love you. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Dude, I, one thing I appreciate is when my members call just to say, Pastor, just want to say hello, just want to say God bless. Don't always call just when you want something. How many of you got friends that do you like that sometimes? Oh, no, some else. Oh, I, well, how many, no, put your hand down, because some of y'all like, uh-oh, they're sitting right next to me. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. How many of you know someone? Now raise your hand high. Stop clowning, boy, they're going to turn you in. Wait a minute. It's not good. How many of you have grandkids, kids? It's not good to only call when you have an emergency. Learn how to call when things are well. Say Amen. Jesus wanted his followers to know that God is available. Look at the verse very closely. Jesus promises to tell his disciples plainly about the Father. This lets us know, look at it carefully and circle it. This is very important because it's not taught very often. This actually lets us know that Jesus is the one who reveals to us who the Father really is. Say amen. amen. 
Think of all the New Testament heroes. We appreciate all of them. And you know who they are. I don't have to go through the list. You know who they are. They, that's all good that they pointed you to God. But there's no one that can talk about God like Jesus. Because Jesus told the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said, listen, fellas, you got it a little bit twisted. You think I'm just like you, but I'm really not. Jesus said, you're from beneath. I'm from above. And we know that Jesus was God's representative in the flesh. Jesus is, well, somebody's preaching my sermon. Jesus is who? Jesus is God. I love this church. Throughout the four Gospels, Jesus is the one who reveals the true nature of God. And I heard someone ask me a few weeks ago, I said, Pastor, what are the four Gospels? Stop assuming that everyone knows because they don't. Please write it down. I'm going to tell you what the four Gospels are. The four Gospels are Matthew, I already know that. Do better. Mark, Luke, and John. And if you want to know about the early church, then after you finish reading those four to get a synopsis of what God is saying, I encourage you to read the book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of these books show us the character of of God. Here in John's Gospel, in this particular section here, Jesus is the Word made flesh. We know this in the beginning. And the Word, Jesus is God. Here in John's Gospel, Jesus came to earth in the flesh to let humanity know what God was like. And I love saying this, if you really want to know the real character of God, simply look at Jesus. Jesus shows us exactly what the Father is like. Now on this faithful night here in the Bible, on this faithful night, Jesus' teaching gets very progressive. He's getting ready to die, and he knows his time is short. So he's trying to tell these 11 men, he's trying to fill them up with all of this information, knowing they can't handle it all, and that's fine because he says, I'm sending someone that's going to bring back to your remembrance everything you heard at church today. Come on, clap your hands if you hear me. Look at your Bible. Jesus said, I'm no longer going to use figurative language. This means he was going to get very progressive and he was going to speak very plain about God's plan. Not only was God going to reveal himself, but God is revealing himself today in 2023 like never before. Please write this down. I had minister read it this morning, but write it down for yourself. God has a plan. God does not do anything by chance. <laughs> I'll roll the dice and see how I'm going to bless him today. No, God has a plan. Minister McGee, you just read today that God said, I know the plans. I know the thoughts I have for you. And as much as you want to succeed, don't you know God wants you to succeed even more? 
He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for every life that has been born here on the earth. Isn't God awesome? And the more we live for him, the more we surrender our flesh, the more we surrender ourselves, the more we ask the Holy Spirit for help, the more God reveals his plan. Say amen. There has to come a point in the Christian walk where you have to say, this is just not doing it for me. I don't want to hear from God every once in a while. I want to be in communication with God. And we know you can't be in communication with God on the... Look at your neighbor and say, you just can't do it. I got highs and I got lows. That's not the way God designed you. God, get them out. God wants you to live here. God wants you to have balance. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives me balance. That's why I don't live in fear, because I have the Holy Spirit. Come on, say amen. Jesus used metaphors. Jesus used stories for three and a half years trying to get people to understand the kingdom of God. And, and please keep this in mind. Sometimes we get kind of hard on the disciples saying they should have did this and they should have did that. Remember this. Uh-oh. They were only walking with Jesus for three and a half years. Some people have been walking with Jesus 20 years. And they still don't do this. And still don't do that. These men only walked with him for three and a half years. If you've been walking with the Lord any amount of time, God has been training you. God has been preparing you. And people say, well, Pastor, I never heard this before because it wasn't time for you to hear it. But I'm telling you now, God has been preparing you and training you just for this very moment. Hallelujah. Jesus is trustworthy. Please write this down. Jesus is trustworthy. For three and a half years, they walked with him, and he was teaching them about the kingdom of God. He was training them. He was opening up their minds, their eyes, to really know the nature of God. Jesus promised his disciples, said, I, I, I'm going to tell you plainly about the Father, so get ready to really get a clear understanding. He is 100% reliable to reveal spiritual truths. In verse 25, this verse lets us know that God will not reveal everything at once. There's no way. God could tell you everything you ask him because your mind would be blown. Look at Pastor. I wish I had time, so I'm going to give you the short version. Moses. How many of you ever heard about Moses? Some of y'all never heard about Moses? The Ten Commandments? Charleston Heston? Is that better? <laughs> Moses was one of the most powerful men in the Bible. Moses led Israel for 40 years. So Moses asked God one day, <laughs> he said, Lord, me and you pretty tight. God said, yeah, we okay, Moses. But Lord, me and you pretty tight. God said, yeah, 
we're okay, Moses. Moses said, well, Lord, I've served you all this time, and I'm getting ready to die. And, Lord, I just wonder, is there any way I could see your face? God said, Moses, as tight as you think we is, <laughs> you don't even understand what you're really asking. God doesn't have a body. The only body God has is Jesus. So Moses asked God, I really want to see you before I die. God said, okay. Moses up in the cave. And God said, Moses, don't you turn around until I tell you so. And the Bible says that God's glory, his backside, went across the mountain. God cannot reveal to us all that he is. But if you really want to know who God is and what he's like, all you have to do is look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus went about healing people. Jesus went about restoring people. Miracles are not about just a physical touch. Ooh, it's a miracle when you get a spiritual touch. It's a miracle when God takes away that hurt. It's a miracle when God takes away that disappointment. It's a miracle that only God can bind up a broken heart. Come on, clap your hands in the sanctuary. God cannot reveal himself all at once, just like Moses. Why does he not reveal himself? Because we can't handle it. God gives us bits and pieces at the appropriate time for us to understand. God knows and understands his creation, and he gradually unfolds his plan. God has a plan. Write it down over and over. He has a plan. Every time you meet someone, it's not by chance. That's part of God's plan to see if we're going to pass the test. God understands, and his ultimate love that he showed for humanity was by sending his only son. That's love. Faith walkers. There's always more to learn about God. Don't ever come to the point where you say, I know it all. Because anybody that says to you that's a Christian, I know the whole Bible, please run. Please run as fast as you can. Because all of us are constantly learning more about the Father. And thank God we're discovering new things every day. I told you here three years ago, man, it was a light bulb moment here in our church when we discovered God's not mad at us. If he was mad at you, you wouldn't be here. But put your hand on yourself. Say, he loves me. Let's see, some of y'all say it like you know it. He loves me. Isn't God good? And the, his love is not the same as everybody else. Because people like to pick and choose how and when to love you. There are conditions, uh-oh, on some people's love. But God has what we call un... That means he loved me today as much as he did on March the 20th, 1968. 
Pastor, have you made any mistakes since 1968? Show sure enough. Pastor, have you slipped and fallen since 1968? Some of y'all sitting there like angels. Y'all better move over. Show enough. Pastor, have you disobeyed God since 1968? Yes, I have, and I'm not proud to say that. But I have to say this. He loved me enough that he's not angry with me because he saw my potential when I couldn't see it, when other people gave up on me, when other people said you couldn't make it. Something on the inside of you said, no, there's seed, there's hope, there's growth that's going to be produced at the appropriate time. God is constantly growing and developing his church. Look at verse 26. Jesus said, we talked about a little bit of last Sunday about this. Jesus said, at that time you will ask, Jesus said, at that time you will pray in my name. And I am not saying that I will answer. I am not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for it will be unnecessary. But look carefully at 26. Jesus said, at that time you will ask, you will pray in my name. How do we ask? Through prayer. I told you last Sunday, we don't ask God for things through singing. He wants you to communicate through prayer. We don't ask God through begging him. Here we go. Please look at pastor. This is good. Um, how many of you are pretty good with numbers? I'm a numbers guy, so that's my thing. Pretty good. Raise your hand. Come on, this is going to be fun. Have anyone, I've never done it, has anyone ever counted to a million? <laughs> a million is a big number, right? Okay. Do you not know, I talked about this last week, when you ask God for something on a Monday, don't ask for the same thing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You could ask God Open up your spirit to grow now. This is a teachable moment. You can ask God for one million different things and he will remember every one of them. Who else do you know love you enough to remember, you talk about your husband, you can't remember nothing. You talk about your kids, you can't remember to wash the dishes. Who else do you know? Ooh, some of y'all must be stepping on your tippy toes. There is no one else you know that can remember everything you ask them. But out of the million things you ask him, he doesn't answer each one of them because he knows, nope, you're going to get in trouble for that one. I can't believe you even asked me that one, you know all she wants is your money. You know all he wants is your yang yang. Yang yang means car last time I checked. <laughs> you, 
You can ask God for a million different things and he never forgets them. But thank God that he has the plans. Thank God that he is the author and the finisher of all things. Hallelujah. Verse 26, he says, ask through prayer. Jesus instructs his disciples that it's okay to ask the Father for what they need. But make sure you're asking in his name. Prayer is vitally important in the life of every believer. If you want to have access to the Father, you need to pray, write it down, in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of Moses. There's no power in Moses' name. Not in the name of Elijah. There's no power in Elijah's name. Not in the name of Peter. Not in the name of Paul. Ask, pray, in the name of who? Jesus. Say his name loud. Jesus. Louder. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus, by instructing his disciples to ask in his name, shows us that there is authority and power just in his name. And I shared with you last week, Jesus has the most powerful name ever created. Jesus has the most powerful name in heaven or on earth. Jesus has the most powerful name in the entire universe. Demons don't tremble at the name of Moses. Demons don't tremble at, the, at your name, at my name. But I dare you. Well, I'm trying to, this is a teachable moment. When somebody's acting ugly around you, you might feel like saying, Get them, Jesus. I know y'all don't feel like that because y'all good holy folk. But you don't have to do all that. You can, while they're standing there acting ugly and you see it's a demon in them, just say, Jesus. 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 Look at Pastor. I guarantee you, 100%, get ready, Jefferson, if you call on the name of Jesus, the Bible says demons tremble just when you say his name and I dare you to have that connection right God will show you how the demons have to get away from you away from your family get thee behind me practice Saying the name Jesus. 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 Somebody say, What's wrong, Pastor? Nothing. Jesus. Pastor, what you talking about? Jesus. Pastor, what you gonna do? Jesus. Pastor, what you Jesus. Jesus in the morning. I know this is old school. Jesus at noontime. Jesus when the sun goes down. Come on, clap your hands if you love him today. Come on, look at somebody and say, I love Jesus. Say, I love Jesus. Come on, stop being ashamed. Somebody say, I love Jesus. Two thousand years ago, I want you to learn this. Ugh, Holy Spirit, thank you for this section of the sermon. 
but you're going to open up minds and ears. 2,000 years ago in Jewish culture, a person's name represented their character. Jesus' name stood for something. A person's name represented their character. 2023, parents, somebody already know where I'm going. Please be mindful of what you name your kids. It can possibly represent their character. So you know your pastor. I Googled. Don't do it now. Do it later on. What are the top names that people name their kids? And then and process this. The top name, which you're supposed to name twins, is called hate and rage. Why would you want to curse your kids by naming them? This is everyone watching this broadcast. Hate and rage. Now I looked up another name, and another name, to, a popular name to name a girl is called random. Random? So you want to curse your child with the name random for the rest of their life. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Now the other name, I thought, well, okay, I got to think about that one. The most popular name to, to name a boy? Jeremiah, I love you, young man. That's just the Kim's baby boy. The most popular name to name a boy now is Banker. Say, Pastor, why is that bad? If it's banker, that means you have to be dealing with money. Along with money come a lot of demons. Because people are always chasing after. Not money, money. And I said, banker? Okay, Lord. Then another popular name for girls is called silly. S-I-L-L-I. Why would you want to name your child, you silly? The teacher calling your child silly. The little lady at the dance studio calling your child silly. At basketball games calling your child silly. You understand what I'm saying? But here's the kicker. One of the top ten names to name your child in the United States is poison. And you wonder why our babies are cursed because you're cursing them because of your lack of knowledge. I know you can't clap because some of y'all don't gave your kids. I'm looking up at the ceiling. All kind of freaky names. I'm not looking at nobody. Look, Pastor, looking way up at the ceiling. At least give them a good, good nickname. Jesus told Peter, I'm going to call you the rock. Jesus said, I'm going to call you the sons of thunder. Change your name if you have to because your name does represent your character. Get your Bible out. Tap somebody and say, yeah, that was real good. <laughs> A person's name <laughs> represents their identity. And by invoking Jesus' name in prayer, we acknowledge that he is the one with power and authority to intercede on our behalf. We have to use his name, 
Jesus. The Holy Spirit, he is called the spirit of truth and he helps us to know what to pray and how to pray in accordance to God's will. We need Jesus and we need the Holy Spirit. Please write this down. I know many of you know this, but some of you do not know it. Jesus, this is going to be a light bulb moment for some of you. He is my mediator. I don't have to do this on my own. He is my mediator. He is the only one worthy to bring peace between God and earth. And all this is only possible because of his sacrifice upon the cross. By praying in the name of Jesus, we are acknowledging that we need his help. Who else can you turn to for help? Uh, whether you believe it or not, this is the truth. God has never let you down. Never. I said never. I told you, sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says not right now. But I'm telling you, he has never let you down. When we pray in Jesus' name, know that you're using the most powerful name ever spoken. There is power literally just in his name. Somebody say his name again, Jesus. We know this a few chapters back. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Now, here in chapter 16, he wants them to develop their own relationship with God. It's not good enough to say, well, my grandparents, they knew him. My mother knows God. My father knows God. But you have to have your own relationship with God. You can't say, my husband's saved, so I I'm good to go. No, you need to have your own relationship with God. Well, Pastor, you know it's not very popular around my friends. I can't mention the name of Jesus. I can't mention God. Then those aren't real friends. Uh, some people, here we go, some people are living their best life today. They're living the best life they're ever going to live because without Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you is living your best life today. Because all of us, if the Lord doesn't return, all of us are going to die. And there's only, no, maybe there's three or four. No, maybe this new age stuff got some other places they want to send y'all. But they're going to convert all of y'all over to the computer system. And you're going to live on and on, even through cryogenics. Some of y'all know what that is. Google it. Develop your own personal relationship with God. You can't go off the relationship of someone else. You can't ask all the time, pray for me, pray for me. Learn how to pray, Brother Van, for yourself. God will hear you pray. Say, God will hear me pray. Even when I mess up, he'll still hear me pray. He just wants the line of communication open. Don't allow the devil to shut it off. How does he shut it off? When you're so angry, you don't want to pray. 
Where you say, I messed up so much, I'm just not coming to church because I know God is mad at you. You still got breath in your lungs, you still got a chance. Say amen, church. God just wants to hear from his children. But this is the time for the body of Christ to develop a strong prayer life. And I'm setting you up for next week. When you develop a strong prayer life, everything won't take you from one to a hundred. Some of y'all go from one to a hundred fast, faster than anybody I've ever seen. And you say, I'm a faith walker. You can't be a faith walker flying off the handle. Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor's trying to help you, not me. Jesus wanted these 11 men to know you need to have a personal relationship with God and that has not changed today. Jesus wants you and I to approach our Heavenly Father boldly and not ashamed. Come before His presence with thanksgiving because God has been good to His creation. God is not just in the pages of your Bible. God is alive and he's moving in human history. Now let's go a little deeper. Look at your Bible. Jesus instructs his disciples to pray in his name. And he also emphasizes, look at it, he says he's not going to ask the Father on their behalf. I said, why are you not going to ask the Father? This implies that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three distinct persons. Please write this down so you don't forget it. Prayer, and somebody told me last week, a pastor, I never thought about it like that. Prayer is not a one-way communication. Prayer is a two-way communication. And the church has not spent enough time talking about this. I told you last week, real prayer is actually a dialogue. Real prayer is you talking to God and God talking back with you. Real prayer is you talking to God, Jesus interceding for you because he's on the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit's inside of you telling the telling you what to pray and God is hearing the prayers saying I'm already going to answer you isn't God good when we pray in Jesus name God will hear us pray maturing Christians the name of Jesus use it every day that's a key that he gave us. He didn't just give it to the disciples. We can use his name today. Look at verse 27. Jesus says, For the Father himself, he tenderly loves you. Why does he love you? Underline this. Look at your Bible. He loves you because you have loved me. And you have believed that I came out from the Father. This particular verse emphasizes God's love for his children. His love is not based off of our merits or our deeds, but his love is based off of our belief in Jesus. 
We really stand on this today, especially here in Emmanuel Church. We really believe in Jesus. He was not a myth. He really walked the earth 2,000 years ago. He really died upon Calvary for our sins. And you can sit there if you want to, but I want this to be on record, Lord, to where I see you in heaven. You say, yeah, boy, you told him. And one day, I don't care who says it's fantasy. I don't care who says, oh, that's just a bunch of make-believe stuff. The Bible is not make-believe. Because one day, the Bible says, just like Jesus left the planet, one day, he's coming back after his church. Come on, give God praise. He didn't leave us by ourselves. He's coming back again. Hallelujah. I said he's coming back again. And when he comes back, remember the Bible says he's coming back after a victorious church. Say, I am victorious. I am strong. I am anointed. Come on, give God some praise in the house. God loves us even more when we're not ashamed of his son. Some people only talk about Jesus on Sundays. That's not the way God designed us to be. God loves us enough that he sent his only begotten son to die upon this cross. He died upon a cross. See, keep this in mind. Some people don't realize who Jesus is. In the beginning was the word. How many of you know he created all things? Man, I can't wait to get to Hebrews chapter 1. But remember this, please. Jesus allowed them to nail him to a tree that he created. Do you know how powerful he really is? But he allowed it because of the Father's love. If Jesus had not died, we would have no way to get to the Father. Jesus is our mediator. Jesus, you know what he did? Heaven came down to earth and Jesus, because he died and rose, he united us back to our rightful position with dominion and power and authority. Don't you love Jesus? No, I said, don't you love Jesus? Look at verse 27. Verse 27 says, it indicates that the Father's love is ongoing, ongoing. For the Father loves us. He loves me and has believed that I came out from the Father. His disciples finally, they're starting to believe. After three and a half years, out of all the miracles they saw him do, they're starting to believe. Please stand to your feet. Our faith in Jesus should be the foundation of our relationship with Almighty God. Our belief in Jesus should bring us closer and closer into fellowship, lift your hands, with our Heavenly Father. Therefore, we can experience this new relationship all because 
of Jesus. My love for Jesus is a reflection of my love for my Heavenly Father. Close your eyes. Jesus is the cornerstone of my faith. Say that out loud. Jesus is the cornerstone of my faith. Come on, lift those hands. Holy Spirit, we lift our hands in the sanctuary today because 2,000 years ago, God began to transform the church and prepare the church and prepare the church and prepare the church for such a time as this. Lift those hands high. It is the Holy Spirit that's changing your desires from wanting to please yourself to wanting to please God. In this new year of 2023, God is calling the church to a higher standard of Christian living. When you are connected to the vine, you are connected to supernatural blessings. And Father, we extend our hands unto you for every blessing Every miracle comes from you. Thank you for our connection that runs from heaven to earth. Thank you, Father. The victory is at hand. Clap your hands. I know you received the word. Next week, we'll go a little deeper here in this 16th chapter on this faithful, challenging night. You have the power to invite the Holy Spirit to take control of your life. Get your hand out. If you're visiting with us, trust us today. Put your hand on yourself. It's just like turning a key. Some people have never been taught this. Turn it. Say, Holy Spirit. Turn it. Turn it. Turn it. Listen to pastor. The Bible says all things work together for my good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are turning me into whom God has called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to know if you're excited, get your Bible out. Come on, stand up. Get that Bible and tap everybody on your row. Say, I'm excited about the word. God bless you. Read your Bible. Pastor, see you here next Sunday. May the peace of God be with you always. Peace. God bless you for listening to this message. It is our prayer that you receive it in Jesus' name. Emmanuel Church is building, changing, and inspiring lives through the power of Jesus Christ.